Hi guys, Nia Biola here, and on today's episode of the Candid Conversations NG podcast, Lal and I will sit down to have an interview with a TED speaker and polyglot named Mubarak Shawari. Now, we, we cover a lot of ground in our discussion with Mubarak, uh, so when you're done with this episode, please go to the show notes. You'll find a link there to Mubarak's TED talk on polyglotism as a superpower. And we also make mention of some online platforms for learning. So we'll attach links to them also in the show notes. Thanks for listening, guys. Share with your friends and remember to subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts. iTunes, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket Casts, wherever you find your podcasts. Just search Candid Conversations NG. Subscribe and you get all our episodes. Welcome back to the Candid Conversations NG Podcast. Now for today's episode, Lal and I have a special guest here on set. Now his name is Mubarak Shawale. And for those who do not know, Mubarak is a polyglot, which means he is able to speak a minimum of five different languages. Now Mubarak, can you please introduce yourself to our audience and give them a little brief about how speaking multiple languages works? Um, hello to all um, the listeners. Uh, thank you very much. First of all, I'd like to thank you, host, for having me. It's uh, it's it's an honor to be on your show. Uh, you know, being in Nigeria for the first time in about um, eleven years, it and seeing that at least you know after hearing all the bad, at least there's those small few group of people trying to. You know, find light in the dirt. Uh, it it gives me it gives me hope for at least for for more to come through. But um, back to back to back to me. Um, it's nothing that I mean. It is great that I speak a lot of languages, and uh, I mean you can imagine switching seven languages in your head um, in a day, so or seven to eight. Uh, and not just switching the languages, you switch the accent, you switch your intonation, you switch your behavior. I mean, it all comes down to, uh, I don't know, It some might say it's a gift, some might say, you know, I practice, but I, I don't know. It, it is what it is. I'm a polyglot, but uh, I believe the most important language you can speak is um, is your character. That That is what I believe. So, I mean, I'm not going to remember you for how fluent your English is or how fluent your Arabic or your Hausa is. I'm going to remember um, how good of a character you showed me by, with, uh, from the little time I spent with you. And um, that's the language we, we should all speak with each other. So, yeah, that's the little introduction and thanks for having me, guys. Fantastic. Fantastic. So now, can you please list out the languages you're able to speak? Now, I understand you speak you yourself speak at least eight, correct? Fluently eight. Right, so can you list out the languages you speak? Uh, I speak um, English, obviously, um, Hausa, Yoruba, Arabic, Pidgin. Pidgin is a language. I know language. understand. if you understand now. So Pidgin. And then I speak um, Malay, which is the Malaysian language, and um, I speak Indonesian language. So those are the seven 
fluent fluent ones and then uh, on the side I, I speak um, a bit of French I speak a bit of um, Somali language and um, a bit of and a bit of Mandarin which is Chinese well that sounds like a a whole lot of languages to be juggling in your head yes I messed up <laughs> I messed up in the head I know <laughs> All right then. So now one thing I wanted to get your opinion on Mubarak is uh now you're obviously well traveled. I did a little research on you when Lao first spoke to me about you and you left Nigeria at what age? At age um 13 if I'm not mistaken, yes, age 13. Well, so age 13 you left your homeland and you've been moving around since i understand you schooled first uh, uh college university in malaysia correct yes yes okay so can you talk to us about your experience as a young black man in malaysia schooling in a place that's far from home uh you probably did not understand the language when you got there initially just how did that entire experience shape you up? Um, honestly, I, I, before I did my university there, I, I also did, um, I, I completed my secondary school there. Um, but I, I started in Nigeria, of course, which is um, how I was able to learn Hausa. Because I, 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 I did a year in the north. No, I, I did seven months in, in Katsina. And then I moved to ABJ for about six months before finally traveling outside of the country. But yeah, back to Malaysia. Malaysia was a very um, interesting place for me to be um, when I was much younger because uh, that I did not know the language. They were not as um, they were not as open as they are now when I first got there in terms of um, the the acceptance towards. Um, not not foreigners, but towards the black people specifically, because the, they almost worship um, the white man, um, and you see, they can almost kiss the white man's ass when um, when they pass by. That is just how how inferior they 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 are. And uh, but to the black man, they they just feel like we're we're weird species, and they. They did not really. They did not really enjoy our presence uh, at the beginning. Of course, it is changing now due to the uh, the, the arrival of um, social media and um, you know and um, the whole the whole internet boom and um, some circle. So that is just how it works. Back in my back in my uh, high school. I I was a victim of bully to be honest. Um, that that was because I did not understand the language. Number one, number two, I was a fat kid. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure you guys didn't, didn't see this coming, right? So <laughs> so I was a fat kid, and um, as a fat kid, you know. What all fat kids go through. Okay, maybe not all, but yeah. Some some are actually on the other side of the coin. Some are actually the bully. But uh, I was the one being bullied. 
And um, of course, when it came to football, I'll always be the goalkeeper because the fattest guy <laughs> plays as goalkeeper. So <laughs> I was just, it's in the constitution, man. It's the con- so, uh, but as I started to grow up and um, I started to understand like what it means to be to be a foreigner in a place uh, in a place where foreigners are not very accepted and um, and how to even behave and how to even cope with bully and things like that i it it, it truly shaped me towards um the man i am today and um here i am i can literally have a conversation with anybody regardless of the the economical class regardless of um the the race regardless of the color religion and um i can i can literally flow with anybody so um i was shaped by i was shaped by my childhood what i went through and by not knowing the language it pushed me to want to know more about you know where where i'm at because i'm a kind of guy where i meet somebody from a different background or a different country i hate not to be able to say a word in their language i i don't know that that is it just kills me not to be able to say a word in that person's language and it can be in russian it can be it can be mandarin it can be i don't know whatever language you name it i just hate not to be able to say a word so this this kind of thing pushes me um to want to learn more about the language hence becoming the man i am today so that that that's i hope that answered the question so uh i've known you i've known you longest considering how long i've known you and considering when i knew you i recall that you took some karate classes i'm surprised that you got bullied even though you had some experience <laughs> in self-defense okay do you want me to comment on that yes i do i do want to comment on that oh that... How, how does someone how does someone with some self-defense uh education get bullied Okay, so it's so, but my my response to that is, um, bully is not just uh, it's not physical, it's mostly okay, men- right. it's mostly mental, you know, it's mostly mental, and um, you looking down upon, it's it's not the physical aspect. I mean, uh, okay, I literally, yeah. I literally just uh, put the uh, physical thing in my head. I assume that you were maybe beat up or something, but now I'm reconsidering. I think you perhaps. You might have been made uh, fun of because you didn't understand uh, the language. Yeah, yeah, I was um, I was black, I was fat, I just had everything, so <laughs> I had all the criteria of becoming uh, of being a victim. So uh, I was picked on. But uh, towards the end of my 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 high school, um, things changed. Of course, I I grew, and um, I knew how to cope with uh, with situations more. I knew how to command respect more. I knew how to carry myself better. So, I mean, of course, it's just different from me now. Me now is uh, this is totally different. But at least then I I started to know how to manage myself better. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Mubarak, I understand you're very well traveled, and. You have most likely been in a few situations where people were prejudiced against you because of the color of your skin. So, can you talk to us about any 
uh, racist experiences you've had? Uh, well, uh, there, there were a few in the past. There were a few in the past. Not, not, um, not many or not at all uh, over the last two, two years, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, but like in the past, there are those instances whereby you sit on the train and um, uh, and people get up and they don't want to sit beside you, things like that. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty like um, upfront. They don't even hide it. So you sit on the train, um, and there are instances, at least not for me, but um, where people, where some Africans sit, and you know, people start covering their noses. That sounds seriously messed up. Yeah, it's uh, it's messed up. So there, are, there are quite quite some you know blunt. It's very blunt. The racism sometimes well, it was, I would say, because I I can't say like it's it's still there, though it might still be there, but it is more subtle than it was um, probably um, five seven years ago. And as as I said, it is due to the due to social media. Uh, it makes it, you know, it makes the acceptance more, uh, easier and integration easier. They're now getting more open. That's what I'll say. Okay. Moving forward, one thing I want us to touch on is the African culture and how how it impacts youth development. Now, from your time in Malaysia, what would you say were the differences in uh, from a culture standpoint? and how youths are treated, how uh, they are educated and how, what would you say are the differences between someone growing up in Malaysia and someone growing up in a typical African country today? Um, well, um, first of all, I'd like to say, you know, just uh, meaning you grew up in Malaysia or doesn't mean you are growing up in a Malaysia, you are being brought up in a Malaysian culture at least for some people it, it some some people no matter where they grow up the Afri the african parents still remain adamant to change and they don't want to change their style of parenting and that 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 let, let's just set the status quo as that you what you living in a country does not mean your parents would bring you up to their to that culture but 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 to answer your question, um, me living in Malaysia, it made me see another side of the world, you know, another style of, you know, people, people living together, people living amongst each other in harmony, because in Malaysia, they, they, they have three main, three main um, races, which is the Malaysians, the Malays, the Chinese and the Indians. So you have those three. And they all have different cultures, but they, they all they all reside amongst each other um, harmoniously. Though they still have their subtle differences and subtle uh, like um, um, beefs amongst each other, but like it's it's just very very silent and um, close to no violence amongst uh, amongst amongst themselves. So being brought up in such a culture and such a community shows me that hey, sometimes you don't have to be too harsh on your on your kids for them to be uh, successful or for them to grow into somebody uh, into uh, the leader you want them to become you know because here in Nigeria there's only one way 
and that is the and that's the flogging way and that's the slapping way and that's just <laughs> you know but like but I I told Lawal one time you know the definition of like stupidity is doing the same thing expecting um, different results because like we just keep hitting our children and just keep you know um, maltreating maltreating is the word. Um, yes. For, yes, maltreating is the word, but they don't see it as maltreating. They see it as the culture that they've inherited from, you know, from their from their ancestors, from their parents, from their grandparents, and they see it as okay. But hey, we are seeing it different as as the youths now. We are seeing it different, and again, I say that because with the connection of the internet, with the availability of the accessibility and availability of internet in social media. We tend to see a different life. So back in the days, the kids did not see things differently. They did, they did, they did not have a second opinion, you know, because they're in a community whereby everything is done the same way. The neighbors are beating the kids. The the people in Ibadan, when you're in Lagos, the people in Ibadan are still doing the same. You know, the the only second opinion they might have is the different cultures. You know the houses, the way they the, they treat um, their kids or the ebos, the way they interact among each other. That that's that could be the only second culture we they they uh, the second opinion they might have had. But other than that, but other than that, you don't you don't have you, they don't they didn't have that much. So back to my time in Malaysia. My time in Malaysia shaped the way I saw how you know how. Other styles of parenting or other styles of upbringing have been effective. So it made me want to honestly change people's mindset back home on uh, on how on how we can actually uh, bring bring up our kids better uh, and not necessarily put fear in them in order to condone respect, but put love in them and put um and, and put obedience in them through through love and through listening to them that is how you you command respect not through embedding fear into them because fear wear, wears out that's that's one thing we should all uh, re, uh, realize fear wears out and once once fear wears out you know we 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 remain fearless we what we were fearing at that time which probably was our parents they we don't fear them anymore but w- respect when there's respect you know it, it remains and it does not wear out uh, as easily as fear does so it gave me perspective that is that is how my time or, or growing up in malaysia um, that's what growing up in malaysia gave me now uh in our previous conversation before we decided to have a discussion on this on this pod we talked about how the myopic culture of the youth in nigeria negatively impacts the society as a whole but i'm also wondering in terms of societal advances uh how how is malaysia different from nigeria how does the society support individuals in in malaysia to help them advance uh, advanced society in terms of technological uh, advancements and and uh, just 
basic society, societal advancements in, in general, how does uh, a place like Malaysia encourage people or help people thrive in contrast with a place like Nigeria where we're not very open to changing our perspective of old things to accept new information to help us move on from our old perspectives how would you say that malaysia is different from from nigeria in terms of in terms of this okay so um firstly i'd like to say um they they gave the malaysians a good infrastructure that that is number one so let's not be naive and just think like we can compare um, we can easily compare Malaysia and Nigeria or Malaysia and wherever else. Uh, I mean, countries are different under different um, circumstances and under different governance, under different uh, political agendas, under different uh, resources. So let's just set that, um, let's just be clear on that. But to address um, the little comparison we can make between um, Malaysia and and Nigeria or how the society has been set up and how our society has been set up um, other than the infrastructure first first of all you, you have to realize that the infrastructure that has, that has been put in place the Malaysians might not build too much on it okay they might not build too much on it but they won't destroy it they might not build as much the people I mean the, the, the people they might not contribute as much but they won't destroy what has been put in place now let's Put that in contrast to um, to Nigeria, right? Whereby streetlights have been taken down. On my way to Kaduna Kaduna Airport Road, I saw streetlights being being taken down, and this was probably I don't know they some people plan to plan to sell sell them, you know things like that. Uh, I mean it is due to how helpless we feel in the society and how we have felt the failure of our governance of, of our government um, we felt uh, like our fa our government has uh, they, they failed us hence we have all rights to do whatever we want with whatever resources has been put in place they steal the money we steal the resource period now in, back in Malaysia the educational system is very very cheap especially the the public public universities or public um, public schools they they're very 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 affordable for the for the layman you know for day to day Malaysians who don't have too much they can still send their their kids to a public school knowing they'll get a good education it might not be the best but it is good enough it is good enough for them to you know to to go and learn more somewhere else at least now. In Nigeria, we even our educational systems they are very very outdated. So, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Dangote said something. Uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it's Dangote. He said it's not that there are no jobs, okay? As our youth are unemployable. Yeah, that's that's. I think I think that makes sense because most people are being trained for for jobs that are being that are outdated already, and in a few more years, m most of the jobs that we have now will also be outdated, and we're still not being trained in this part of the world uh, for jobs that that will have in ten twenty years 
years to come. Yes, and me even coming back home, I I feel like we're 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 still even living in the past. In ten, twenty years to come, we'll still have a lot of unemployable youth because we're still not people in this in Nigeria are still not being trained for for the kind of uh, jobs that they should be trained for. They're still being trained for outdated jobs, which in which will consequently result in a lot of unemployable university graduates in five, ten years. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's it's a sad that you see um, lecturers, you know, feeling like they're they're gods and just feeling like they are they have the absolute power to, you know, graduate you or or keep you in school. It's just it's just it's just saddening and it's just rubbish. Just share rubbish, knowing no you knowing that your your graduation or your your leaving of college or your exiting college lies in uh, in one man's hand and not in in your hard work or in whatever you know, you know it's it's very saddening and in addition to that whatever they're teaching you is still outdated. Why do we keep solving math, 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 math for no fuck? Sorry, I'm I'm sorry to be explained for no damn reason. You keep just you just you're just you're just making people's life miserable by just giving them rubbish math. Somebody who wants to study a Greek and give them math, it was why, why? So things like that, like unnecessary subjects where we 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 really need to refactor our our educational system. If we're still going to, see, in fact, I, I don't believe in the educational system anymore. That I mean, that I'm a, I'm a college dropout, and I'm just trying to right now, currently trying to uh, finish college, and uh, trying to just get my 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 report done, my final year project done, and um, submitted. That's all that's left, and that's for my parents because it's really really make them happy. But other than that, it's it's not it's not for me. Um, I'm just. Put it out, out that out there for whoever is listening. So back back to the point. We we need to re relearn. We need to unlearn a lot of things and relearn new things. We need to uninstall a lot of bad uh, a lot of bad mentality and reinstall new mentalities new mentalities that would help us to grow on uh, in the long run. That that is just what I believe in. I think I think we need to to uh, have another discussion subsequently to talk on a few other topics. Like we talked about uh, structural inequality. Do you recall this, Mubarak? We talked about this previously, and I think this is something that we also need to talk about on on the pod. But I don't think it's a good idea to talk about it right now because we've spent way too too much time and we most definitely can't afford to dive into those topics. But I brought this up because of your your thinking that we need to relearn and unlearn a lot of things. I think because because you and uh, me and Abiola are opportuned to be able to explore more than the average Nigerian is probably blinding us to the fact that there's a lot more people in Nigeria that are unable to explore these things that we can explore. So saying that we need to relearn and unlearn a ton of things might not really be 
the right way to start things off considering that there's a bunch of people that might not be able to learn that are not even learning anything talkless yes talkless of being able to unlearn and relearn anything so i guess on the next episode we could consider talking about structural inequality just to shed just to shed light on on a different perspective of things just to uh just to see things see things differently all right all right but can i just make a, a quick comment yes yes um don't say that people have not learned anything i mean unlearning and relearning is not just education wise it's mentality wise what i uh, and, and by 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 me saying so it's like a lot of cultural uh, mentalities that we've embedded a lot of them hinder us from growth honestly yeah but 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 mubarak you're you're nigerian and you have nigerian parents and i can imagine that you have an insight into how average nigerian parents think how many average nigerian parents do you think would uh consider taking a different perspective looking at things from a different perspective at this point in their lives most nigerian parents in their late in their late 40s early 50s and and higher will probably think that they know everything that there is to know already and they probably don't want to see things from a different perspective or especially a perspective that is of someone that is far younger than them you, you you're right you're you're very very right and that is that is why we need to educate we need to focus more on the on the youth that are coming up so that they don't be like so that they don't be like um, our parents. Our parents, when they when they were much younger, they only believed in what any adult say. As long as you're an adult, you're correct. That is how we thought, especially us your boss. Very true. So What what you the translation is is the person is um is older. Even if the person is older with um is older than you by a week. Coming back to the Yoruba culture, whatever he says, he's correct because he's just older than you by a week. That that kind of that kind of culture it does not allow curiosity. Neither does it allow you to seek knowledge where the where the uh, or to gain knowledge where the knowledge is really at. So you don't you 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 don't ask enough questions. You just take from whoever says, and period. Yeah, because because in in this part of the world where were not encouraged to ask questions if you ask questions of your parents or of authority then you're automatically tagged as rude arrogant and disrespectful yeah so things like i think if if you're if you're tagged with things with words like that that would probably make you uh uh keep yourself in the shell and not not help yourself even try to question anything because you don't want to be attacked as arrogant and rude and disrespectful yeah but that's the culture we need to but that's the culture we need to unlearn because honestly a lot of things were developed out of curiosity a lot of um, uh, breakthroughs were, were discovered out of curiosity but once you've killed a child's curiosity at a very very young age there it will be an auto miracle for that child to ever you know be be curious again because you didn't even you didn't even encourage his curiosity neither did you feed his curiosity you just killed it 
with your beliefs and just your ah man let me not even let me not even start describing what i feel but i i, yeah. I think you get i think you all think get my your, your thought process right now and mine and abiola's would be suitable for uh will be suitable content for uh another recording session so Biola, do you have any further questions or comments that you suppose we need to discuss before the pod ends? Just one last quick question, uh, Mubarak. Now, there is this concept in the field of neuroscience, and the concept is neuroplasticity. And it's basically the idea that our brains, now the human brain, is very flexible and adaptable as, as we grow up and it kind of solidifies, it becomes less plastic as we age so now relating this to you as a polyglot do you find it's easier to learn was it easier for you to learn uh, multiple languages as a kid than it is for you to learn multiple languages now do you think it's harder to learn languages now that you're an adult than it was as a kid um i don't believe um it is harder to learn new languages now honestly i i believe your your brain um gets trained as you grow and it becomes it becomes stronger on the things you 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 focus on as you grow so for me i'm a very very curious human being i just want to know i just want to know what's what's what you're thinking i want to know why you're thinking that way i want to know what makes you do what made you do that and i sometimes i'm more curious of the whys than the than the result actually and that's that led me into psychology so I, I believe it is it is not harder for me to learn a language because I'm just as curious as I was when I was much younger and um, thank God thank God I don't know how I did it and I don't know how I, I was protected from the entire Nigerian culture I thank my God <laughs> that my I did not allow my curiosity to die uh, so uh, I I just I just believe it's it's still the same. I just have to want to learn a language, learn it, and just speak it. I don't think much. I just I just speak it. Try fail, get laughed at, speak it. That's it. I have I have one quick question for Mubarak before we we wrap up. If if there's any advice that you give to an individual who's interested in learning a new language what what do you suppose that one could do to uh help themselves better learn a new language better assimilate a new language or new languages languages fantastic question oh yeah first of all i'd like to remind all our listeners that hey language is a tool it's like you trying to it's like you having a pepper soup or you having water right and then you carry fork, you won't use it to drink. So, <laughs> my point is that don't go and learn Portuguese when you're in Nigeria. Who are you going to speak it with? <laughs> for example, yeah, so for, for example, is a really useful language if you're in Nigeria. Yes, yes. So, my point is you learn, you learn a language when there is a need to, or when, when you're in a place where that's the first thing. You learn a language when you're in a place where you can practice it and we're in a place where you can speak it um, frequently, number one. Number two, you just have to um, humble yourself and know that, hey, 
things have been pronounced differently things have been said differently and uh, you are willing to grasp as much as possible you know don't laugh at other people's pronunciation don't laugh at the way they say ah these people they cannot even pronounce uh, R so for the French people you know their R is R R uh, that's how they that's how they pronounce it uh, le fruit that is uh, fruits in, in French le fruit so do you you do not laugh you just say oh, oh cool that's how they, they do their thing and you just try to learn number three you don't care about don't care you, you when you once you start practicing you don't care about um, how much you fail or how much you get laughed at because I, I, of course you would be laughed at with your with your bad pronunciation but um, do not care do not focus on people's laugh in fact you just laugh with them get corrected and just try to not make that same mistake again and number four you just repeat you just practice 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 and it becomes muscle memory and don't be afraid just speak now before we go Mubarak we've obviously discussed about a lot of subjects today but if listeners only take away just three things out of everything we've discussed today they're only taking away three things what three things would you like them to focus on from everything we've talked about uh, I want our listeners number one be more aware be more self-aware and be more aware of your surrounding. Don't just nod to everything you, you hear from somebody. Baba Sikira said this thing. Yes, you just nod. Yes, that's the, that's the right way. Baba Sikuri said this. No, you do not just do that. Please, please, please. Please. The little internet you have. The little internet you have. Search. Google. Ask ask questions from from people you really really think they know, they know things. Not and uh, people do not just know because they're adults. No, no, unlearn that mentality, please. I beg you. Number two, number two, education education wise, please be willing to say no. Be willing to say no to what you don't want to learn. And be willing to say yes to things you want to learn. For example, don't don't get crippled by the fact that you cannot study um, architecture or you cannot study wh- whatever course it is. There are platforms online where you can study. The internet is not just about social media. It's not just about Instagram. It's not just about Instagram skits. It's not just about um, Facebook videos. There are lots of platforms online where you can actually develop yourself and, and, and build skills that are required in today's society. Not se- uh, ten, 10 years ago skills. No. So, number three, bury your egos, guys. Bury, bury your egos. Because your ego gets, um, gets in the way of a lot of things we try to do. Or a lot of, a lot of things we our hands are supposed to reach or our hands could have reached our egos get in the way of those and 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 why am i saying that because once you already believe you know something or once you already believe you know you are you are certain age somebody below you or somebody younger than you cannot show you the way that is ego once you already believe that somebody or 
you you already you already have it all figured out no you don't you don't know shit that's how you should live like you don't know shit like you're nobody that's how you should keep living your life that's how i keep living my life like i'm not like i'm nobody and i want to learn from everything from everyone and 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 the people who have the knowledge those are the people who i want to learn from and just bury your egos grasp knowledge and period that's all i can tell you guys very well then so that wraps up uh today's episode of the candid conversations ng podcast so mubarak it would be very very nice if you could end this episode uh in your favorite language so just say a couple of sentences in your favorite language or languages whichever amount you prefer so just tell everyone hi where they can reach you uh plug anything you want to plug basically that's one thing about life everybody's selling you something go and follow me on instagram <laughs> i'm just kidding guys okay <laughs> so uh first of all i don't have a favorite language um i i believe language is a tool but um arabic is very dear to me and i just love the way arabic um sounds and you know i don't know there's just a lot of a lot of beautiful things in arabic so um shukran jazilan li li sama'ikum wa ashkurukum kathiran uh which trans which is translated to thank you for listening and um i'm i'm really really thankful um to you guys that that's the translation you can you can always find me on um instagram or facebook or anywhere just um search mubarak for show m u b a r a k for and s h o w and that's that's my instagram handle that's my twitter handle and um just follow me and even my email address is mark for show at yahoo.com so yeah that's it all right then uh mubarak thank you for coming on the pod with us for having this conversation uh we look forward to another segment i feel like all three of us have a lot of things to talk about and i hope the listeners will also be tuning in and picking the points we try to raise up in these conversations because i believe these are conversations people should be having this these are thoughts that we should try and spread around because we are the future <laughs> so if if we want to make things better it starts with us so once again thank you for coming on the pod uh best of luck with all your projects you're working on and have a good night uh thank you very much thank you very much for having me it's a pleasure have a great night guys hey, i love the vibe before before you cut cut off remember these guys have to follow us on twitter instagram facebook and in case they have in case they have any comments or considerations or uh, yeah just any of those two, they can email to candidconvomail at gmail.com again that is candidconvomail at gmail.com thanks for listening guys we'll be back with the next episode remember to subscribe google podcast itunes we're everywhere just search candid conversations ng and subscribe